This is a Chronicle podcast, bringing you ideas in the service of medicine. From the Chronicle podcast system, this is the NPC podcast of the National Pharmaceutical Congress for October 25, 2023. The NPC podcast is where we discuss and consider the pharma industry's purpose, process and people, and today, we'll continue the healthcare conversation. This program is presented in cooperation with Impress, Canada's next-generation commercial partner. The industry is rapidly evolving, and Impress is designed to help you evolve with it. Learn more about Impress tailored best-in-class solutions at www.impress.com. Our guest today is Kevin Leshuk, President and CEO of Forest Therapeutics. Kevin will speak with your hosts, Jim, Mark, and Mitch. So let's start today's conversation. Here's Mitch Shannon, CEO of Chronicle Companies. Welcome back to the NPC podcast from the National Pharmaceutical Congress. I'm your co-host, Mitch Shannon, joining you once again from our podcast, Gondola High Atop Pill Hill. Near the intersection of Joe Knott Promenade and the Ronald Miller Parkway. It's a beautiful day for a drive and some autumn leaf peeping along with our co-host, James Shea, the General Manager of the Council for Continuing Pharmaceutical Education in Montreal. Jim, can you comment on the state of the fall colors out there in your part of the world? Well, actually, as I look out the window, I think it's actually a peak color right now. You know, the leaves are, are turning. A few have fallen which means I'll be raking for probably two days next weekend. And one observation as a Habs fan, and I don't mean to be mean about this, is that maple leaves are actually green or red or yellow or orange, depending on species. And I've never actually seen a white or a blue maple leaf, and especially in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I'm just, you know, it's a biological issue that I'm failing right now. Well, maybe we can revert to the days of the Toronto St. Patrick's and go back to the green and white. Took a wrong turn when that happened. Also admiring the scenery is our other co-host, Mr. Mark McElwain, the pharma industry consultant, health policy expert, and admirer of foliage. Mark, can you name a favorite from among your spectrum of fall colors? Well, I'd say red, but I wouldn't want to identify myself as a Habs fan. You know, truth of the matter is most of the trees up here are still green since it's been pretty summery until lately. You know, they're turning now fairly quickly, but, and especially now that the Blue Jays have had their annual quick collapse, summer is truly done. That sounds like we should cue some music, but we won't bother. At least they still have a team, guys. All right. We are your podcast hosts known as Jim, Mark, and Mitch because all the slick brand names have already been snapped up such as Coffee Time Donuts, Scotty's Tournament of Hearts, and Forest Therapeutics. So let's welcome back to the gondola a familiar figure, the founder of Forest Therapeutics, Kevin Lashuk. Step right into the gondola, Mr. Lashuk. Thank you, Mitch, and pleasure to step back in on heights. Great. Well, so getting right to it, uh, you got formulary funding in, in Saskatchewan and Alberta for uh, Expavio, your uh, multiple myeloma RX. That's a significant achievement, so congratulations. Can you share some more details about what that means for patients in those provinces? Yeah, thank you very much. And I'm really excited to announce that just today on LinkedIn, we announced that British Columbia is now funding. Nova Scotia has just officially announced they're now funding Expovio in combination with Valdex in Nova Scotia. 
And a couple of other very, very important provinces will go public, I think, within the next week. So it's a huge milestone for patients in those markets. It means that they've got another very important treatment choice for them as they battle a multimyeloma, which is really a, a very difficult to treat disease. It's still incurable and patients need options. And so we're really thrilled that we've been able to bring Expovio through all of the processes and now patients are benefiting from it. And we're, and we're increasingly hearing um, some really, really great patient stories where we're making a difference, which is really the, the vision and the goal of the company. That's phenomenal news. It's Jim here. You made your reputation at a couple of large pharma companies and then you started Forrest. So what motivated you to make the leap and what advice, here's a tricky one, would you give others looking to break out on their own in pharma? Truth be told, I was cruising along at Celgene, a former company, and I would have told you if you'd asked me then, where would my career land? And I probably would have thought to end my career with Celgene. And that wasn't to be because as we know in this industry, change is a constant and we were acquired. And I was faced with a, a career choice that I wasn't expecting. And really, it became sort of as a result of doing some soul searching and realizing that there's a need in the Canadian environment. I could either join another big multinational and advance their therapeutics, or perhaps I could look for a partner who wouldn't come to Canada and advance the therapeutics under our own brand from Canada for Canada. And that appealed to me. So it was really it was change that was somewhat imposed upon me, and I'm really thrilled with the pivot. And I think, it again, it speaks to sort of just the ever-changing nature of our world and our environment, and so expect the unexpected. And then try to do things and take a risk, maybe. It's always been a little bit part of my character. Sounds like a fun thing, actually. <laughs> Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's not so fun. <laughs> Well, well, not at first, but, but but when you get when you set yourself up for success, I guess it starts getting fun. Yeah, <laughs> fun with bankers. <laughs> it's Mark. So Forrest is still in the early stages, but if everything goes as planned over the next decade, you know what would success look like for you? And beyond the sales numbers, you know the impact on the healthcare system. Yeah. So, you know, the mission is to definitely make a difference on behalf of patients. And so our goal, our objective really is to continue to expand and bring new therapeutics to sip aside Expovio, broaden our value to the Canadian healthcare system, bring different therapeutics to, you know, more groups. Expovio actually has some really compelling data and new indications that we, so we think we can make a difference there having conversations with other companies that really look at Canada as a very complex market. And we're hopeful that we can be a partner with them. So, you know, 10 years from now, I think we, we'd like to see, you know, four or five new therapies in Canada under a forest banner. And then the vision is to take some of the proceeds, some of that revenue and reinvest back into the Canadian research ecosystem and support Canadian innovations. And potentially be a Canadian commercialization partner for those companies. I think there's unbelievable science in Canada. Their really only partner avenues are the big multinationals. That's an important collaboration and a partnership. But if you could have a Canadian partner that understands the Canadian life cycle and Canadian ecosystem, maybe we can in a small way sort of really make that 
you know, nomenclature, that that tagline that we hear so much about, you know, front bench to bedside for Canadians a reality. And you can do that with a company that's based in Canada. You can't always guarantee that if you're part of a multinational framework. So that's the goal, you know, four or five more therapeutics, making a difference for Canadian patients, reinvesting, contributing to the broader ecosystem. And if we do that, I think we'll really, really, you know, move the needle. Thanks. So, Kevin, you're going to be taking part soon in the 17th National Pharmaceutical Congress on a panel titled, Who is Responsible for Managing Your Career? So can you give us a little preview as to where you'll be coming from? Yeah, we just had a conversation about this. And, and you know, I think the, the short answer is each of us individually are responsible for managing our own career. That said, it's not as simple as that. I mean, I do think you have to build a network of people that are going to be honest about what your strengths are and what your areas for development are. So, you you know, you have to build off of that. And I think you have to be ready for change. As I mentioned, I thought I was going to cruise into the sunset, maybe have half of the accolades that Ronnie Miller got on his exit, you know, and and call it a day. And that didn't come to pass. And I was the most shocked person in the in the room when the news came out. So I think, you know, you constantly have to be prepared for the unexpected and you're accountable for your performance. You're accountable for where you want to take your career. You're accountable to be honest to yourself and get good feedback and know what you like to do and know what you don't like to do. And don't try to, you know, don't try to do things because that's a a pathway that someone said you should take, right? You should should really focus on those elements. So I think it's going to be a, a great panel kicking off the day you know, the NPC is always a, a great day, both to, you know, hear from a, an emerging new leadership group in the environment and then celebrate, you know, those that might be a little bit longer in the tooth. We're speaking with Kevin Lashuk, the founder and CEO of Forest Therapeutics here on the NPC podcast. So Kevin, following up on your last comments, as they uh, said of Gretzky, he always knew where the puck was heading. How do you get ahead of change? That's a great question. I think you just have to always have a mindset that you know, without being paralyzed by it, you just have to always anticipate it and kind of, you know, again, reflect on the things that you're good at and reflect on the things that you're not great at and, you know, work on them, find ways to minimize them, and then just keep planning. I, I don't think that, you know, our, in our industry, it's change is the only constant. So I think we just have to learn to continue to be adaptable and, and realize that there is a big ecosystem out there and look, find ways to pivot you know, stay with it. It's a great industry, right? Yeah, it's Jim here. You, you talked about pivoting, and I guess Gretzky was pretty good at doing that, and you know, pivot back and take the shot. I'll ask you this one. It's a personal question, really. It comes down to, you know, what from your own personal history, your education, your career allowed you to actually pivot and have the confidence to do what you've done? I guess, you know, if you go back into how one grew up, I never really had a great plan. You know, I was one of those individuals that just sort of woke up in the morning and sort of kind of figured out the day as it it went along. And my world has never been sort of a static world. You know, I had a family circumstance where my, my dad was always, you know, trying to innovate, trying to do different things, trying to find a new way of going about doing things and sort of a almost a I would probably characterize it as a, a life of restless discontent. And so 
I think it's just been part of my DNA. I think my if my wife would ever listen to this, she'd probably say I, I'm never particularly satisfied, never particularly happy, you know, with a result. I'm always looking at sort of, you know, how could we have done better or what have you, which isn't necessarily a great attribute, but it probably contributes on the business side of things in a in a pretty good way. Makes for some tough dinner conversations at night, but um you know, that's probably been, you know, a big part of it. And then I've always tried to focus on doing the best job I can at the job that's in front of me. And if you do that, then, you know, good things have seemed to follow. So I don't know if I answered the question, but that's, that's probably, you know. No, that's good. You know, show up and, and do something. <laughs> exactly. Show up and try to make a difference and add value and, you know, generally speaking be ready for things so and maybe innovate which will lead to my next question i guess is you know what's the role of innovation in the development of new medicines at your new organization at forest and you know and does the company then and do you uh, try and foster a culture of innovation and i think i know the answer but i'm going to let you answer that one yeah it's a good one i mean for us as a company, because we don't have development assets under license at the moment, you know, our focus has to be on innovating in the local landscape on our practices and trying to do things in a different way, try to add value in a different way. So, well, I guess that, you know, the origins of Forest is a little bit innovative. You know, a lot of people said you probably wouldn't be able to do it, you know, bring in a therapeutic from another company. And the answer was, well, why not try? So I think what we we do internally is we keep asking ourselves, is this the only way to do it? Can we do it a little bit differently? I think we've launched it, Expovio, in a slightly different way. We haven't gone with the full traditional, traditional medical affairs commercial model. We're doing some things that I think are leveraging our history and our experience and knowledge and heritage within the disease space, which allows us a bit of flexibility. And then, you know, as it is a heavily regulated environment, so we have to play within those guideposts. But then everything else we should be open to. So, you know, our patient rate from our patient support program to how we manage reimbursement and just find different ways to make a difference and then play on the margins a little bit more maybe than others are forced to stay within. So without violating our Health Canada approvals and so on. Uh, absolutely. Now, that sounds interesting. Now, you, you talk about you're not in the drug development business, but I'm sure you have an ear to the ground about patient needs in Canada and unmet needs. Are, I'm assuming that uh, you're going out and you're potentially, well, you're looking for other partners to do some other good work here in Canada. Absolutely. And I think it's incumbent upon the entire Canadian life sciences environment, commercial, medical, that I think we have to focus on bringing therapeutics that do make a difference, that do provide innovation and do provide advancement. And I think that we look at just the payer systems, the regulatory systems, we have to be very thoughtful, I think, as a broader industry. And we certainly are for us that if, if it's a me too, I just don't think, even though you might be able to commercialize it, I think we need to think a little bit differently. And then I think the our partners in government will also then look at the industry over time with a renewed interest. I think that there's still a lot of trust that is needed to be built between the the various pillars of the system, right? Academia, industry, government. So yeah, we're focusing on those innovations that will make a difference. Sometimes they're smaller 
it can be very, very important for uh, broader patient communities. And I think if you do that, then you can be successful and you can make a difference and you can at all levels. Kevin, it's Mark again. I wonder if you could comment on the future of cancer treatment and management, you know, especially blood cancers, and how forests can contribute to that. Well, you know, certainly there's a, you know, diversity of blood cancers, but in in our space that we know very, very well, uh, multi-myeloma, I think, you know, continuing to bring therapeutics that extend the window of treatment benefit for patients is a disease that's still again today, even with new advancements in CAR-T or cellular therapies or T-cell engagers, really phenomenal advancements being brought forth by a host of different companies. The regulatory processes, the development processes are still very long. So there's patients today that are coming, you know, progressing from one line of therapy to another, and they need access to therapeutics. And so our role, I think, given our heritage and our history, is to continue to educate, communicate the need across the whole system. You know, physicians, I think, very much get it. But, you know, coming out of COVID, we hear consistently that clinics are much bigger than ever ever before. Patients are living longer, which is a good thing, but the system isn't expanding at the same rate. And, you know, community hematologists are now who would see a host of solid tumor patients along with blood cancer patients. They need in, in very short order to understand what are the current standards of care. And I think that's an important role that industry and what we can play is to make sure that they're understanding kind of the pathways from academia and how they can, how by managing a patient a certain way can free up clinic time and access time for other cancers because the Unfortunately, it's growing. The myeloma community has doubled in the time that I've been in the space in the last 15 years. And the incidence has doubled from when we were first talking about you know, 2,400 newly diagnosed Canadians to now 4,000. So, you know, massive increases in cancer rates almost across the board. So I think we can continue to play an important educational role and information role and then access role for therapeutics, which hopefully is valued by the whole broader community. So it's Jim here. And as we wind down the podcast, we invite you to play actually the most stressful uh, part of the podcast right now, our, our word association game. So, you know, just go ahead and say the first thing that comes to mind in response to each of the following phrases or words. There's no pressure, but, you know, we will be awarding points. So, you know, they have to be perfect. Yep. Leadership. Uh, humility. Innovation. Curiosity. Patient-centric. Purpose. Research. Future. Affordability. Value. Access. Hope. Pivot. Oh, you got me. Quarterback. Nice. <laughs> That's why it's stressful. And we did award you the maximum points allowable on the tote board. So you're up there with uh, all the best of them. So congratulations. That was good. I probably have to come up with a better one than quarterback, but that brought me back to... A long time ago. And I guess finally, it's time to put on your suicider's hat and enter our prognostication corner, but with a K because it's just cool. So well, what bold predictions are you going to be able to make for us about the life sciences industry during the upcoming 12, 24, or you know, longer time span if your cap is wonderfully in tune with the universe? Yeah, I don't know if I've ever been accused of being wonderfully in tune with the universe, but 
I just think, you know, it was referenced earlier. I think change is, is just a constant. I think our healthcare system, it's going to have to change in order to, you know, sustain the growth we're seeing in population and the growth we're seeing in disease. And I think that, therefore, our industry, which is a, such an important pillar in treatment, I think we have to get better at our messages. We have to get better at, at defining value. And that, again, that change is going to be a constant. So I don't think we can stand still. And I don't think as individuals, we can stand still. We're going to have to really, really get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Uh, Is that comfortable with a K? That is comfortable with a K because it's cool. Excellent. Excellent. K for cool. K for Kevin. Hey. (laughs) He's cool. (laughs) Take that and run with it if you like. Uh, and notice it's a K at the front of his name and a very last K at the bottom. So he brackets himself and cool. In any case, it's been amazing to see what you've achieved with Forrest from a standing start in no time whatsoever. So we really do look forward to seeing what happens next. And thanks for sharing part of the adventure on today's podcast. Thanks for having me. He will be doing it again in person on November 22nd at the National Pharma Congress at the Mississauga Convention Center. And I think we've already got Kevin's theme music selected. It's Steve Earle's recording of I Ain't Never Satisfied. So to everyone out there in uh, NPC podcast land, thank you for listening. We'll speak with you again next week. If you've got questions or comments for Kevin, please send an email to health at chronicle.org. We always want to know what you think about our discussions. Send us your comment as a voice clip attachment and sakes alive. You might just become part of a future episode. We hope you enjoyed today's NPC podcast. If you did, please like it, rate it, recommend it, and make a point of sharing it with your network. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, or, to keep things simple, just ask your smart device to play the National Pharmaceutical Congress podcast on Audible, Spotify, Amazon Music or TuneIn Radio. The NPC podcast is presented in cooperation with Impress, Canada's next generation commercial partner. Check them out at www.impress.com. Me? I'm your classically trained announcer, Leona Void, speaking. This podcast was produced by Jeremy Visser, with help from Amy Ray Elder. Research for this program came from Joyce Peters Hines. The musical theme is performed with intensity by the NPC Podcast Orchestra, under the direction of maestro William James Milbrook. We'll be back to speak with you again next week.